0: The following program is provided by Renew Your Mind Ministries. Welcome to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God radio program, an in-depth study of the Word of God. The program name is from Romans twelve two, which says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Welcome back to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God program, where we take a verse by verse, chapter by chapter look at the Word of God. And we are currently in chapter four of the book of John out of the New Testament of the Bible. We're going to start chapter four. You can hear the program on each Tuesday on 90.1. Or anytime on our website at RenewYourMindMinistries.org. That's RenewYourMindMinistries.org. Or on any podcasting streaming service such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Alexa, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts so forth and so on. So you can check out any of the past episodes, day or night at your leisure, while you're driving, while you're exercising, whenever at those locations. I also want to remind you before we get on to getting into the book or chapter four of the book of John, as I mentioned on last week, we have started a new podcast called the God Revelation Podcast, which is a verse by verse look at and breakdown. down of the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, where in Revelation 1, 3, the word of God says we are blessed to hear and read it for the time of near. And the time that is near is the time of the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And on last week in this, on this particular podcast, I played a clip from that podcast. I hope uh, it was informative And the second episode of that podcast is now available where you can hear it on our website or renewyourmindministries.org or any of those podcasting services. Speaking of podcasts, God has inspired me to do a third podcast, which will be coming, the Holy Spirit podcast, which will be a look at the third person of the God Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often misunderstood and not given his due. And God has inspired me to do this third podcast, which will be coming. I'm not sure of the timing as of yet. I'm in prayer about it because when when God told me to do that, I'm like, whoa, (laughs) because as I've stated before, I have a full time job, a double time family doing two podcasts. And now God is asking me to do a third podcast podcast. But he reminded me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So through his strength, I will be able to do the third one. And so I'm in prayer about that and working on getting that up as we take a deeper look at the Holy Spirit. And that podcast will be about the Holy Spirit. So um, that is coming. So keep that in mind. And also, I want to remind you to give to the Bibles for the World Organization. We have given our contribution for this month, and we're asking that you join us and contribute to the Bible for the War Organization because they take those funds translate the word of God into the local languages and countries where people don't have access to Bibles for whatever reason. And God wants his word in everybody's hands because he want to give everybody an opportunity to read his word and come to salvation. And that organization does that. That's one of many organizations, but that organization does that. And we invite you to join us and partner with them to fund them, to get the word of God and people's hand. Speaking of contributions, we would ask that you contri- uh, contribute to this ministry, the Renew Your Mind Ministries, Inc. Uh, we have expenses, our biggest expense, which is being on the radio, on 90.1 WMPR. And we're inviting you to partner with us to help pay for that time that we have on WMPR so we can continue to teach the word of God. WMPR has a broad range of, Where a lot of people hear the radio station and we thank God for them and he's opened up the doors for us to be on that radio station and we thank God for you that you would contribute to help us continue to be on the air as we teach the word of God as it go out on the airways blessing many many people to continue to hear and hear for the first time the word of God and hopefully come and prayerfully come to salvation and get a better understanding of our God and of our our Lord and Savior Jesus. So please contribute. You can go onto our website at renewyourmindministries.org. There is a link there where you can contribute securely and safely through PayPal. You do not have to have a PayPal account to contribute, but it's through PayPal. And you can go there and use your debit card to donate or contribute to the Uh, program or the ministry that way. And if you're not comfortable giving online, you can always mail us a money order or a check made out to Renewing Your Mind Ministries Inc. Inc. Renewing Your Mind Ministries Inc. And you can mail that to P.O. Box 721143. That's P.O. Box 721143. Jackson, Mississippi 39272. That's Jackson, Mississippi 39272. So you can put those contributions in the mail. We were greatly appreciated And we thank God for you. And we ask God to bless you for it. Finally, before we get on into chapter four of John, if you have a prayer request, email it to me. God says in his word that we are to pray for one another. And I want to pray for you. Not that my prayers would get to God before yours, but in his word, he said that as believers in Christ, we ought to pray for one another and intercede for one another. Well, I want to be that intercessor for you. I want to pray for you. While I do have a full-time job and you just can't call me up for me to pray, you can email me at renewyourmind, the letter M as in Mary at gmail.com. Again, that's renewyourmind, M, the letter M at as in Mary or ministry at gmail.com. Or if you're not comfortable emailing, you can always write me and I am Brother Arnold. You can address it to Brother Arnold and mail it to P.O. Box 721143, Jackson, Mississippi, 39272. Or go on our website. There is a, a contact page where you can Email me through the website. And once I get your prayer request, please believe I will read it and I will join your faith and join you in prayer for whatever you may be praying for. Praise God. And I thank you for that. But I want to put that out there. I had not been emphasizing or mentioning that enough. that I want to pray for you. I'm here to pray for you. I think God has called me to also be an intercessor. So I want to join your faith with my faith and lift up your needs to our heavenly father in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's go to chapter four. We're going to be in chapter four of the new Testament in the Bible, where Jesus meets the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well and changes her life forever as he will do with all of us who has Our Lord and Savior, he changes us forever and give us eternal life. So let's go there. We're going to read uh, verse four through, I think, 15. I'm not sure we're going to get through all of it. What we don't get to today, if the Lord says the same, we will pick up on next week. And before we get into that, what we're going to do is read that, and then we're going to pray. But before we get into that, let's recap what we've been looking at in the book of John. We're seeing Jesus, his interaction with various peoples from very walks of, um, from different lifestyles and 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 different walks. And we see his first interaction with Nicodemus, a Pharisees, and how he interacted with him. And in this episode, we're going to be seeing Jesus interact with the Samaritan woman. Someone is on a different spectrum. He goes from speaking to Nicodemus, who's on the in the high society of life, to this woman, as we would see on the low side and caught in immorality and just seen in, in the eyes of others as the downcast and see how Jesus showed compassion to her and, and minister to us as we should be doing for all people, not putting people in different classes. But God loves us all the same. He has no respect of person. And we're going to see Jesus as he do this time and time again through this book, as he He save his harshest criticism and words for the religious class because although they were religious in their acts they were not compassionate and really weren't doing it in the acts and then he saved his compassion for those who people look down on for those who was in need like he said at one point sick people he go to the sick people because doc- people who go to the doctor are sick not to say anyone's sick but he was making a comparison of I go to the one who need me and we all need him and he's drawing to all of us and we should respond because he's our heavenly father. He's doing it on behalf of our heavenly father. He's our Lord and savior. But that is what's going on. That was a recap. We're not going to recap the whole thing for the sake of time, but we go from him going to Nicodemus to Jesus, talking to Nicodemus about being born of the spirit. The spirit man, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, the spirit man is reborn, the true man that can serve God and spirit and in truth to at some point, Jesus and John the Baptist, the forerunner, the person who came to tell the the Jews that the Messiah was coming and that he was here, that him and his followers and Jesus and their followers were preaching and baptizing in the same area. And so we're going to pick it up where Jesus, we're going to see that Jesus to avoid confrontation with the Pharisees, because they've already started getting on John the Baptist, because what they're doing is growing in popularity and bucking the system. And so in order to avoid the a confrontation with the Pharisees at this time because he's doing everything according to the timing of his father. And right now is not the time to confront the Pharisees. That's going to come later. He's going to be on his way and he's going to go through Samaria and that's when he's going to interact with the woman and changes her life forever. So if you would turn with me to the book of John chapter four, open your Bible app and let's read About our Lord and Savior Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Starting with verse 1. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Verse number 2. Although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Verse number 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Verse six, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Verse seven, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Verse eight, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Verse nine, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Verse 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock. Verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep going here to draw water. 16. He told her, go call your husband and come back. Verse 17, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And we're going to stop there because I know we're not going to finish all that. But that gives us the basis of what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to hear and read and study your word. We thank you for Jesus, who you sent to die for our sins. We thank you for raising him from death because death could not hold him because he was perfect. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you raised him from the dead. And we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for all the listeners, O oh Lord. We thank you that your word would not return to you, void, that it will do those things that you have called it to do. Lord, we thank you for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that you would get the glory from this. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all these things we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. All right. Let's go back to verse one of John We are we are in the book of John or the John or in some books may have John's gospel or epistle, which means letter chapter four, verse one, which says and I'm reading from the NIV version. So your words may look a little different from mine. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. We see here he said, and this is going back to our previous show where the Pharisees, that was the religious leading class of society, of the Jewish society, seeing that John the Baptist is gaining. They see Jesus on the scene and he's gaining. And matter of fact, he's doing his followers, his felt his followers are increasing with disciples, increasing more than John. And so the Pharisees are trying to drive a wedge between John the Baptist and Jesus by coming, going to him saying, this guy, he's came after you and he got more people than you. And John uh, rebukes them and tell them that that had to be the case because Jesus is God, that he's above and that everything that I have done as John the Baptist has empowered his father, God has empowered me to do, to lay the foundation and tell the people that Jesus was coming. So naturally he must increase and I must decrease as we all must do. And so we see here that it says now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. And so if John the Baptist ministry was attracting the investigation and the scorn of the Pharisees, Jesus ministry was next. Jesus was next and he knew this. And so to avoid the confrontation, we're going to see him leave that area because it was not time for him to confront the Pharisees. But that's why he he left, because he knew after they finished uh, investigating and trying to, uh, come after John the Baptist, they were coming after him because he was preaching something different than what they were preaching. They were preaching legalism. They were preaching rules and regulations that they had made up to control the people, to make themselves look good because according to them, they were doing all these things, which we will see that they, they weren't. And here we have Jesus coming on the scene and John the Baptist treats preaching the true ministry of the Messiah of Jesus, and they're afraid. The power structure is being challenged, and they didn't want that. And so they're going to try to root this thing out. And so anyway, that's why he's leaving. Let's go on to verse number two, John chapter four, verse two. And although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. And so we see in this verse, it made clear that the people that was physically doing the baptizing was Jesus' disciples and not Jesus himself. They were doing it in Jesus' name and on his behalf. Moving on to verse three of John Chapter four. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. So again, as we alluded to earlier, Jesus is leaving the Judean countryside where him and John the Baptist were baptizing and preaching around the same uh, area and same time. So he's avoid- he's going back to Galilee to avoid the confrontation with the Pharisees because God has not told him it's time to confront the Pharisees, which that's that's coming, but now is not the time because he has to him have to have him to go to Samaria because there's, he has to meet the woman at the well. So let's move on to John chapter four, verse four. Now he had to go through Samaria, Samarians, what we need to understand is put this in context of who the Samaritan was. The Samaritans were half Jews, half Gentile, both ethically and uh, religiously. So they were half, they was half in Judaism, half out, half Jewish, half trackers that um, that group of Jews had intermingled and intermarried with the Gentiles, and had adopted some of their ways, and and therefore by blood they were half, and so by by religion they were half because they kept some of the Jewish customs and they brought some other customs, and so they were not fully Jews either blood or in religion. And so the Jews, the true Jews who kept the full religion and and were not mixed, they despised one another. They despised one another. There was a hate relationship with there. So the shortest route through Jerusalem to um, Galilee, where Jesus was headed, is go straight through Samaria. Most Jews, because they didn't have anything to do with the Samaritans, they would instead of going through Samaria, which is a town, which would be the quicker route, they would go on the side. They would bypass Samaria because they didn't want to have anything to do with them. They wanted to avoid them at all costs. So when Jesus said that he had to go through Samaria, he didn't have to go through Samaria physically or geographically to get to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria because he was obeying the father's will for him to go through Samaria to talk to this woman in Samaria and change her life. And we will see not only change her life because he made Jesus made such an impact on her life. She went into the town and told the townspeople she had met this Messiah. They came and made an impact on their lives, which we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that's coming. But that's why he said he had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to go through Samaria geographically to get to Galilee. He had to go there because the father's will was for him to go there. All right. Moving on to verse number five, we're again in the gospel of John chapter four, now verse five. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Now the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. You can find Jacob in these stories in Genesis and. On how he acquired the land and how it was getting given to Joseph, but we don't have time to go in that. But write these scriptures down, you can go and read those stories Genesis chapter uh, 33, verses 18 through 20, and Genesis 80, 48, chapter, excuse me, chapter 48, verses 21 through 22. Jacob, just to give you some background, Jacob. Which name was changed to Israel. So when you hear the people of, of Israel, Israel was a, not just a country, it was a person. His original name was Jacob. Jesus changed his name to Israel. And from Israel, he had 12 sons and the 12 tribe of Israel came from Israel slash Jacob. But anyway, he had a well. He dug a well and he gave it to his son, Joseph, one of the So that's what she's referring to here. Moving on to verse six, Jacob 6. Jacob well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. As we see here, Jesus was God in the flesh. So he was completely God and he was completely human. And we see the human side because he has human limitations. He got tired. He was thirsty. So even though he was God, he was in the flesh and he experienced the same fleshly limitations that we did because he got thirsty. He got tired. And we saw that we see that there. In this verse, verse number six. Also, it said it was about noon. This time for this particular story is important because when she was at the well, it is noonday in the desert. It's hot, and as we're going to see, there's a particular reason—the reason why she was there, the reason why this is important, of why the woman was at the well at noon and alone. The reason why that is important because. Because we will see, because of her immoral past of having a number of husbands, which divorce was looked on, because divorce was looked down on and she had been divorced four or five times. And then she was currently living with a man who wasn't her husband. She was considered immoral by everybody in the village. And so she was a loner. She was a outcast. And so that's why she was there alone because typically during that time, because you got to think this is an agriculture time. They didn't have grocery stores. They didn't have faucets and where water, you turn the water on and water come out. They had to draw their water from these wells to meet all their needs that you would need water for it, for cooking, for uh, clothes washing, for washing utensils, whatever you need for your animals, whatever you would need them for, what they would do is that a group of women would go and bring all these pots. And because it was labor intensive, they would grow as a group and help one another out. And they wouldn't be going during the noontime because you, they could go on anytime. They wouldn't go through the noon. They probably would go early in the morning or late in the evening when it was so hot. But because she was ostracized due to her immoral background, she had to go alone at the hottest time of the day. So we we're seeing that's why that noontime is mentioned here to set this story up of why this woman was even at the well by herself, which was unusual, but because of her immoral past and lifestyle, that's why we're there. But we will see how Jesus will overcome that. He can overcome whatever's in your life that may be considered immoral or lifestyle. It matters not. Jesus died for you. He already knew even before you was even thought of, he knew everything that you was going to do. He knew everything he was going to say and this despite it all, despite it all, he still laid down his life for you. So don't let your past be a stumbling block for you coming to Jesus. He's there. He's waiting. All right. Going on to verse number seven. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Jesus request to this woman is surprising first because men and women during that time Typically didn't speak to one another, especially when they didn't know one another and when they were not married, because, again, the the culture was differently. You know, women were not um, they were not treated equally, and not treated same. And so men typically didn't speak to women that they didn't know in, in public. And then secondly, reason why this is surprising and she's going to even uh, the Samaritan woman is going to talked about or talk about this is that. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't, they hated one another and they didn't get along. And so it was surprising to her that one, this man is asking me, talking to me in public, especially given my more background. And in fact, I'm a Samaritan woman and you're a Jew, and you're asking me to give you some water, share utensils with. You. Jews did not do with Samaritan. So she was caught off guard when, when, when Jesus asked her that. So that's what's going on here. Verse number eight, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. And so we see that Jesus is alone. And we have a hint that John was there. As I said in the uh, previous episode is that John is, writing, is the author of this book. And a lot of times, John, the reason why he knows the, these things he's writing about is because he was there. He don't mention that he's there, but he's there. He don't say, John, I, John saw this and this is what happened. He just tells it as if he was... As an observer, which he was, but he did not interject himself into these stories. So most likely we got this story about what happened at the well because John is there observing and then ultimately would write about it. But anyway, the other disciples had gone into town. Uh, verse number nine, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Going back to what I was saying before, she's saying, you know, you asking me for a drink, you you a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. That's that's unusual. Why are you asking me for this drink? This, This don't make no sense. All right. Verse number 10. Now, Jesus, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus is introducing to the woman to the fact that she has a spiritual thirst, not just a physical thirst, but a spiritual thirst that all of us have, which needs to be satisfied and has satisfied is through being saved and by receiving the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about, this living water. Moving on to verse number 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the will is deep. Where can you get this living water. Similar to Nicodemus, this woman don't understand what Jesus is talking about. Just like when Jesus told Nicodemus that you had to be born again, Nicodemus is asking about, well, how am I old man? How can I be born of my woman, uh, my mother again? And this woman here, when he's talking about giving her living water and she's like, this well is deep. Where, where are you going to get this living water from? You know, you don't have anything to draw with. You asking me for some water and you talking about you finna give me some water. Where is your well? Where How deep it is. So we see here as oftentimes when people are interacting with Jesus, they don't really understand what he's talking about, but they're going to get to the point. She's going to get to the point where she's going to understand exactly what Jesus is talking about. And that's what we're going to pick up on next week because we, we are running out of time father god in the mighty name of jesus if he said the same we will pick up in verse number 13 i believe it is i just want to again ask you in the mighty name of jesus to contribute as we strive to continue to be on the airwaves so 90.1 you can go on our website or you can mail it so let's pray father god in the mighty name of jesus we thank you for the time that we have in your word oh what a glorious time what a great god that you are We thank you for this time. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We just thank you for being God. Lord, we just thank you that those who you have intended to hear this will hear it and respond as you have commanded it to be. We give you all the glory. You alone are worthy of the glory because you alone have done it for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. That's our time for today's program. We pray that this Bible study has blessed you. If you have a prayer request, you can email it to us at renewyourmind, the letter M as in Mary, at gmail.com. Remember, you can hear current and past shows at any time on our website at renewyourmindministries.org or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We encourage you to tell others about the program and share our website at renewyourmindministries.org. Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. By telling others about the program, you're doing your part to spread the gospel into all the world about our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Until next time, this has been Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God.